how to scale content production. Of course, there's lots of talk about this these days, especially now with the uh, with what's happening around AI, ChatGPT, whatnot. So yeah, I'm very excited to to tackle this topic with all, all of you today. So um, uh, crowd content. This is what we do. We help clients scale their content and figure out a way to create content on a consistent basis that is of high quality, which is a uh, very very interesting trick to pull. Because uh, you know, when I came to this industry, one of the, the the most fascinating things was like it's very hard to create high quality content at a scale. You can create small batches with very high quality or very large batches but very low quality. Doing both uh, is a pretty neat trick. But uh, we have perfected um, a workflow and a way to think about it, and it's all about the process. So I'm gonna I'm gonna walk you through this. Uh, I hope at the end of the the, the webinar, you have some ideas in how to think about your content creation process. We're going to talk about designing your content factory and some tips and tricks that you can use to uh, make your content creation process more efficient. Okay, so why is it important to scale your content production? Of course, today, I think all around SEO and really all around content that we're putting out there is more about really high quality than quantity. In the past, you know, you could get away with just Drawing a lot, a lot of content out there and get rankings. But today, it's more about quality content. Nevertheless, because there's so much competition um, online, and not only uh, on the search engines, but also in any other channels where content, uh, when there is content, right, like social media um, and even email marketing, uh, because there's more channels and there's more competition, it is very important still to be able to scale your content production if you want to rank, if you want to be found, it's very important to scale your content production. So of course, it's going to help you increase your position in the search engines rankings. It's going to help you have brand authority, right? The more content you put out there, the more people are going to hear about you, the more, uh, of course, provided that it's high quality, high quality content, but people are going to know your name and it's going to be easier to find you. So you're going to build that brand authority and of course, you're going to create more organic traffic. The more high-quality content you create, you're going to create more more traffic from the search engines, but also from the different social channels and also your proprietary channels. So it's very important to scale content production. The other thing that sometimes, um, especially when we're focused on SEO, uh, and some things that we forget is that we can also use all the content that we produce for our sales enablement portion of our, of our workflow. So all, a lot of the content that we use for SEO purposes can also be used for sales. So it's very important to scale the content, not only for the marketing side, but all, also for our sales process. So again, very important to scale content production. So now let's get into the meat and bones of, of scaling content. And this is what we call designing the content factory. So before being able to scale your content, you need to design the process and you need to think through how you're gonna scale the content. So of course, what is the first step? You need to set clear goals. What am I doing this for in the end? Is it just for traffic and is it just for ranking? Okay, that's fair and fine, but it needs to be very clear. Or are you looking for brand awareness or become a thought leader in the industry? So you need to be very clear what the goals of your content program is or what the goals are for your content. So that will dictate how you design the process. So set goals set clear get the KPIs. And the second st step after you set goals is get aligned or uh, get alignment and buy-in from different teams because there, there are different teams that are going to be involved 
in the content creation process and you might have uh, received direction from your head of marketing but also from the sales team and maybe also some direction from the from the development team uh, that is the one that is going to help with the website part of things so you need to get all the teams aligned on what the goals are and what are you trying to achieve then when you get alignment when you have your clear goals you need to identify the roles of the in your content factory or in your content production workflow and this is very important because we know need to know who's going to be accountable for what who's going to be your chief editor or um who is going to be uh, the person in charge of research who's going to be the person that is composing the content, writing the content, creating the content, who's going to revise the content, who's going to edit it, who's going to polish it. So those roles are very important that, uh, to be identified prior to trying to scale your content. And I'm talking about roles, not necessarily people. I would start with the roles, what needs to be done or jobs to be done, and then you can feed the people and fit the resources around. Some of these roles can be automated, right? So, but you need to be sure what are the jobs to be done in this, in this workflow. Then after you know that, you've set your goals, uh, you, everybody's in line, you know your roles, now you start building the workflow. So how is, how is the factory going to work? Okay, first we're going to have research, then we're going to have ideation, then we're going to create uh, briefs, then we're going to send it to the creators, then it's going to come to the editors, then it's going to be quality assured, and then it's going to go to the development team to, for polishing. That could be a workflow. That's similar workflow that, that we use on a crowd content with some of our clients, right? We get um, ideation or topics, more clients, we build, we build briefs for them, we send to the writers, writers write, send to the editors, editors send to a content manager, they review, and then it's sent to, for polishing. That's a very simple workflow, but, but they're more complex workflows when you're, for instance, um, you have multimedia content. So if you have images, if you have video, that's going to go along the writing, you need to think about all those things in your process. Now that you have built a workflow, you need to train the team. How is this all going to work together? Right? You need to teach your creators. You need to teach your editors uh, or people that, that are part of the workflow how this is all going to work. Then after you have tested the, the, the process, you need to calibrate. Um, many people fail to do this phase. They think, okay, I designed the process now. Let's go 100% on this uh, pedal to the metal and create the content. And what we always advise is like, do a small test and experiment with your workflow that will help you work out the kinks of the workflow or uh, and identify any issues that will come up. And it will, they will come up for sure 100%. There is always things that you can, um, that you can tweak and that you can improve. So you need to calibrate the process. Then after you calibrate the process, you, you, you figure out, okay, this is now how it should work. And then you can, refine the process right after you calibrate you find some of the, those kinks some of the issues then you can refine the process and then you can start scaling up okay you build the engine you tested the engine for the factory now that you're happy with the results now that you have refined now you can start scaling but you're not going to go from producing one piece of content to 100 now overnight you should start scaling your content incrementally so from, go from one to three to three three to five, five to 10, and so on and so forth, right? It's like, you, you need to let the engine warm up and let these kinks uh, um, work out over time. Then you need to have a very, um, very clear look for feedback and receive feedback from the process and from the people involved in the process, okay? 
So you're always refining, analyze the performance. Okay, are we really meeting our goals with this process? Is this process really taking us to where we want to go? And keep adjusting and optimizing. So this is not a one set and done, right? Um, because your plans, your plans might change. So you always have to be adjusting the process, right? So this is not, uh, it's a never ending job, but it's very important that you put a lot of planning into it and a lot of thought into creating this process and a, and a, and a lot of thought into refining it. Some of the, the mistakes that we see is that people create the process, then just, they just let it run. And then the problems come around and they're just fixing the problem every time instead of going back and fixing the workflow. So it's very important that you're always looking at your workflow. So there are some key strategies and some things to take into account when you're scaling your content. First, of course, strategize. And this is what we just talked about. You have to really put uh, time and thought into planning the process and think, okay, who is going to be accountable? Who is going to be doing the job? What are the jobs to be done? And what are the goals that we're trying to achieve? Then you really have to put your time into research, okay? Um, garbage in, garbage out. If you don't put time to researching your topics, researching the, 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 the input that you're gonna put into, you, into your content creation, then you're just not gonna create good content. So people need to spend good time up front doing the research for the content they're creating. Now you can ideate, right? Create, uh, just brainstorm, uh, now with the use of AI, uh, ChatGPT and whatnot, we can ideate in uh, 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 in bulk or in a scale. So you can ask ChatGPT, which is a really um, really obedient assistant. Hey, ChatGPT, give me a hundred variations of this topic or this title, right? So you can ideate in bulk. Um, staffing, staffing your process is very important. One of the main challenges that we see clients facing when they want to scale their content production. They usually are more often than not understaffed. And their main roadblock to create and scale content is not having enough people that can manage the process and can absorb a higher scale of uh, content production. So again, you need to think about staffing and maybe overstaffing a little bit so you have enough capacity to grow. Also, people fail to uh, calibrate their process. So a good strategy is to keep calibrating, look at the process every few months um, and make sure it's still working, manage the process, communication has to be very clear across the workflow, right? Um, it's very important that creators get feedback all the time about the quality bar. One of the things that, um, that this is the gasoline or this is the, the, um, the fuel for creators is getting feedback. We leave off feedback from our clients on trying to understand, are we doing a good job? Is this what you're looking for? So there's gotta be plenty of feedback between um, the owners of the process, then the editors, the content managers, and the creators to make sure that um, the process is working and that you're getting what you're looking for. Then publish constantly, consistently and constantly. So again, we see many clients or many companies and we help them create this huge inventory of, inventory of assets. And then you have all this backlog and they're not polishing. So that's just think about like dollars sitting there because you, the, the opportunity cost of not polishing might be very high. You might be missing out on traffic, missing out on leads. So make sure you're polishing, even if it is um, once a week, a, a, very, a very small uh, moderate cadence, but it's better than, than, than not polishing the content that you're already building. And then another very important thing is repurpose your content. Um, I see many teams creating content from scratch every time. And I see many teams that use 
you know, separate SEO content, they separate from social media content, they separate from email, but the messaging is the same. It's just the format changes. So um, we're huge into telling our clients and um, to recycle or repurpose their content. It's just uh, need to be tweaked depending on the platform and uh, depending on the channel that you're using, but this will help you really um, turbocharge your content creation process. And uh, the other advice we give to people is outsource anything that you that you don't do well or you cannot do well in house. Just outsource whether it's, whether it's the writing, whether it's the um, the SEO work, whether it's the research, um, data gathering, uh, all that can be outsourced. And now uh, after COVID, there's so many freelance platforms, uh, and there are many other ways to find to find freelancers or really great talent that you can use uh, for outsourcing some of the tasks that you either can do in-house or don't have the skills to do in-house. So always think about outsourcing as an option across the process, could be any part of the process. So because there, there are many options out there to outsource uh, your content creation. So now there's some um, common problems with content scaling. The main problem is again, not putting enough time and thought into designing your process. Sometimes people say, oh, I just want to create content. I want to create hundred blogs. Okay. How do you want them? What, like, how are we going to get all this? How are you going to polish them? How are you going to get the titles? Right? Like, and they haven't put, they just want to go. Right. And I understand, um, I'm that way. Sometimes you just want to get, get stuff done, but trust me, it's worth putting the time in the planning part of your content, uh, workflow. Also the most common problem is having low quality. Okay, the, like I said at the beginning, creating one piece of content with high quality is easy. Creating lots, lots of pieces of content with high quality is, is, is complex and it's hard it, and it cannot be done just at the first try. So this is one of the most common problems, having low quality content. Also lack of consistency. When you have several, several cooks in the kitchen, uh, you might spoil the soup. What I'm trying to say is that if you have different creators, but you don't have a, a process that is consistent and you don't have the, the right guardrails, you're going to get content that tastes very different every time. So your audience and even search engines are going to notice that lack of consistency, which, uh, which is a problem. And it's very difficult to manage creators and freelancers, especially when you're scaling up. Um, like I say, if you're managing one or two writers or one or two creators is, is, is simpler. But if you imagine a team of 30, 40, 50, when you're trying to create hundreds of pieces of content at a time, it becomes a full-time job on its own and becomes a little business on its own. So um, these are some of the common challenges when you're trying to scale content. Again, you don't put enough time uh, into the process. There's low quality coming out of the process. There's not consistency and it's difficult to manage all these people. So how can we address some of these problems? So one solution, uh, is having a dedicated content manager and not, and I'm not saying you have to go and uh, hire a, a full-time person as content manager, but somebody in the organization or in the workflow should be a content manager. And it's, it's, it's a combination between a project manager and somebody that is really good at content, right? Because uh, the project management side comes about uh, around uh, managing the whole process, managing the resources. But these people um, need to know a little bit about content, right? Because it's not just moving the process, it's also understanding uh, what, what makes good content. And like I said at the beginning, your way to solve some of these challenges, making sure you calibrate and increment uh, and scale incrementally, not 
push the pedal to a metal right out of the gate. Um, and this is something that we also try to, to drill into our client's brain. The more details you can provide the creators, the better the outcome is going to be. So we need to create very detailed project briefs, meaning this is like the general guidelines about all of your content. And you also need to create very detailed content briefs. Of course, our friends here at ClearScope um, are very well known for, for helping create excellent content briefs for SEO. But there is a lot of detail that need to go into those. And like I said uh, earlier in, in the webinar, garbage in, garbage out. So the least detail that you provide, the least your chance of, uh, of getting um, good uh, good content on the end. We sometimes, uh, some people kind of uh, miss the fact that creators are not mind readers, then they give uh, a title, uh, very little direction. And then when they, uh, the final product comes back, they're, they're disappointed because it doesn't meet their, their expectations. But again, they never set the expectations. So it's very important that you create, put the work into creating very detailed um, guidelines for the project as a whole, meaning voice, style, tone, um, use of pronouns, um, use of Oxford commas, things like that. Um, and then for each content, for each piece of content, you also need a detailed content brief that is going to spell out all the things that you're expecting uh, from this piece. What is the goal? Who is the audience? What are the, per what, what are the personas? Uh, what is the tone of the piece? Um, where is it going to be distributed? All, all these little things uh, can help you create great content. Okay, so there's different ways to create content, right? You can either do it in-house or you can do it uh, or you can outsource. So I want to cover some of the uh, pros and cons of, of each. Um, so if you do your all of your content creation in-house, of course you have more control and you have direct communication. You can just, uh, if you're in an office, you can just walk down the hall and, uh, and tell your, your team whatever you want around the content piece, or you can go on and, and tap your, your creator on the shoulder and say, okay, I need this piece for tomorrow or the day after tomorrow. And then it is an easy communication. So you have way more control, right? These people are working for you so they can take your direction. Some of the cons of doing it in-house is you have less skill flexibility. Let's say you have one creator in-house and that person is really good at long-form content, but that same person might not be this, the, the, not, might not be very good to create video content or might not be very good to create social media content. So um, you are, have more limited set of skills depending on how big is your team or how small is your team. My experience, most marketing teams are really small, even uh, for big companies. Um, also, there's, it's time-consuming to manage the whole process by yourself, right? And manage the people that are part of the process. The bigger the scale, the bigger the team, the more time-consuming it's going to be. And it tends to be more expensive because when you hire uh, in-house people, well, you have to pay them a salary. You have to pay them maybe for an office, all the overhead, all the management benefits, all that stuff. So, um, again, more control, but a little bit more expensive and, and less flexibility in some cases. Uh, but there is the other, the, the, the flip side is outsourcing your content creation. Of course, the, the, the pros of outsourcing content creation saves you time, all this management that has to happen of the process. Surprisingly, it's less expensive. And I tell you why. Many platforms that are dedicated to content creation, this is what they do. This is the only thing that they do 24 um, 7. Whereas if your business, let's say you're in, the, in an e commerce business or you're in a retail business, Content creation is not your main business, not your main skill. So 
for you is not going to be as uh, cost efficient to create content as it would be for people that do it for a living uh, every day of the year. <clears throat> There's increased consistency, um, but this is provided that you are working with the right partners. There's more flexibility because you can scale up and down. Let's say you have a big, a big campaign um, or you're just launching a new site and there's a lot of work that needs to happen, but then it's going to taper off or it's going to stabilize. So you can scale up and down without sourcing. If you, you know, if you hire in-house, um, it's harder to scale down or even scale up. Um, uh, con con uh, conversely, without sourcing, you can you can do that. And of course, more scalable because if you want to, um, if you want to create, let's say, hundreds of pieces, you might not want to be hiring all everything internally. You can partner up with a, with a platform or um, or some uh, freelancers that help you scale. Of course, it's not perfect. Where cons, of course, you're gonna have more time back. So, is that a good thing or a bad thing? I don't know, but um, you're gonna get more time. But of course, you lose some of the control. You cannot just walk down the hall and and, and talk to a team. Uh, but I think now with um, with the communication channels that we have today, that is less of a problem because, um, for instance, with some of our clients, we're part of their almost like an extension of their team. Uh, we have the Slack channels together and, and we communicate with them on a daily basis. So that has changed a little bit. Um, for getting out of the in-house, outhouse, some of the best solutions that I've seen sometimes is a, is a really good combination of internal with external, right? So if you have really good internal editors and content managers outsourcing the composition of the content, like the, the, the writing or the graphics or the video um, is a really good uh, solution, like a hybrid solution between insourcing and outsourcing. Now, of course, you need to leverage technology to be able to, to scale your content. And again, I invite you to um, incorporate technology into your process or otherwise it's going to be very hard to scale. We see a lot of people doing it with um, spreadsheets, um, Google Docs, but uh, there are many other tools out there that you should use. Of course, ClearScope has great uh, technology to create project briefs, uh, to create content briefs. Um, you can use project management tools. We see many clients using ClickUp, Airtable, Asana, Monday.com. There's a lot of um, project management tools out there that you can use. Uh, SEO tools, of course, SEMrush, Hrefs, they help you with the research, uh, keywords, um, ideation, things like that. And of course, our friend ChatGPT um, and any of the now hundreds of AI tools that are out there. But yeah, so you can use um, ChatGPT for, for ideation, to create drafts, um, to spin um, titles or H1s, H2s, um, create, create tables as well. Um, and now you can use um, MidJourney for images. So the, the message here is there's many tools out there that you should incorporate um, into the process and any low-level menial task that doesn't have a lot of value should be uh, always automated. But, you know, make technology your friend and incorporate into the process. So how do you find great creators and writers? Of course, this is um, one of the biggest challenges for companies that are, are looking to create uh, great content. So. You need to, if you are going to do this in-house, um, you need to have a recruiting process, right? So you need to make sure, okay, what are these, what are the requirements of the talent that I'm looking for? So let's say you're looking for writers and you are in one of the, your money, your life industries, let's say you're in uh, medical or you're in healthcare. So you need writers that have experience writing healthcare, 
perhaps you need subject matter experts that can byline your content or that can uh, vet your content or fact check it. Uh, certainly, so you might need people that have an MD degree or that have a nursing degree or, or, or something like that, or you need uh, somebody in personal finance or a financial advisor. Uh, so it's very important that you put your requirements like any other job. So they need to be very clear. Of course, you're going to interview these people, but especially in content creation, it's very important to get samples, samples of previous work, of previous work, right? Show me something you have published um, before, right? Send me some, some either a, a written sample or a video or any, any piece of um, content that you are hiring for. And big uh, recommendation is make a run uh, a test, right? Uh, let's get them to write or to create a couple of pieces for you to see if that's what you're looking for. Where can you find these people? Well, now, of course, there are uh, a lot of freelance platform, Upwork and Fiverr. They're great platforms to find many different skill sets. Um, the only problem is that, you know, sometimes you, you don't know what you get, right? Uh, you might, they might be hit and miss. You get a really good uh, freelancer, a really good creator. Sometimes you don't. So it's hard. So you have to go through several iterations. Now, if you're really serious about content creation, there are content creation platforms that are specialized on content creation, right? So if you go to Upwork and Fiverr, you can have, find web developers, virtual assistants, everything that you can think under the moon. Uh, so there is not a lot of specialization on those platforms. Now you come to a platform, let's say like crowd content, you can find you know, thousands of writers and editors uh, that this is what they do. And the, the platform is designed for these for these kind of processes. So if you're serious, I call Upwork and Fiverr the, the training wheels of freelancing. But if you really want to scale and if you are serious about content creation, you might want to go to more specialized platforms. Now, if, if you want to search directly, you can go to LinkedIn, Facebook groups. There are many Facebook groups, either by industry or by trade. So there's Facebook, Facebook, Facebook groups for writers and editors uh, or people that are in video. Or you can just go to Indeed and, and post like a simple job. These are some of the, 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 the tools that we even ourselves in our, in our content platform uh, use to source some of these writers, right? Sometimes we need to source people from very specific industries. So we use LinkedIn and Indeed or, or um, industry associations to find experts, things like that. <clears throat> so now that I just mentioned experts, what is the role of subject matter experts or SMEs? And their role is becoming more prominent, especially if you're interested in ranking in Google and if you are in one of your mind, your life topics. So, of course, why do you want to use subject matter experts? They're going to help you with EEAT. And remember that is experience and expertise, which are two different things. And it's very important to differentiate two, those two. Having the expertise is somebody, let's say, if you're, uh, again, uh, back into the healthcare topic, is having somebody has credentials around that topic. Now, experience is somebody that has done um, something around the topic that you are um, talking about or writing about or making a video about. So again, it's very important that you, if you are covering one of these topics and you want to really gain authority uh, and trustworthiness uh, in the eyes of Google or the search engines, you bring people or creators that have the expertise and the experience, right? This is where... AI falls short, right? People are using AI to compose um, content. You know, AI cannot bring experience, cannot bring expertise. AI can really uh, uh, create some words, but they cannot have 
first person experience. So it's very important that you use your subject matter experts in the process. So you can use it pre-production. So when you're planning the content, these people are going to tell you, okay, these are the topics. These are the things that you want to say. These are, these are the guidelines for the, or this is the outline of the content. So sometimes we have clients that come to us and ask us, hey, can you write about machine learning and how is it used in finance? I'm sure we can find somebody uh, that can write about that, but we need an expert that is going to give us the direction of where the topic should go, right? Or what are the things that we need to cover? Again, if you're talking about um, access, for instance, you really need an expert to guide you pre-production before you start putting pen to paper or before you start to creating a piece of content because you need that expert direction. Post-production, now you need these people to really bet what you said. Um, and to fact check the things that are, that, that are being um, said on your message. And you can scale with these people, but uh, there's a myth um, in the industry that uh, people come for expert creators and those are rare. And, and here's what I mean. So when you're, when you're looking for um, healthcare practitioner to write, that doesn't work that well. These people went to school, be trained for to provide healthcare, to be a doctor, to be a nurse. They weren't trained to write. So the way to, to, to bridge that gap is to pair a really experienced and strong ghostwriter with a really strong SME. Right? Because you're rarely going to find a doctor that is willing to write and that is willing to write at an economical, uh, at a, a, a cost-efficient way. Right, so these people are making thousands of dollars an hour. They're not going to be wanting to write articles for for a, for for a few hundred dollars an hour. So it wouldn't be affordable, or they just don't have the skills to write themselves. But they have the knowledge and the expertise in the industry. So if you can pair these subject matter experts with really good um, uh, creators, and I mean writers, editors, or or or, or, or uh, video people, so you can really scale that way using them pre and post production. <clears throat> and <clears throat> like I was saying, is I explained is the SME review versus expert content. Sometimes you just need the SME to review and be willing to byline uh, your content or to put the, the their their seal of of um, of approval on the content that you're creating. So instead of trying to to find an expert that can create content, just create an expert that is willing to find with a, to, that is willing to work with a really good cre good creator and is willing to work pre and post uh, production. <clears throat> so I'm getting to the end, so we can do some Q and A. But what are the takeaways? Uh, and if I uh, if you can leave this webinar with something, is you know really put the time and thought into your uh, into creating your process, into planning your content creation. Test the process, right? Don't just Release the uh, release the army. Just go do a small test with a small batches of content, so you can calibrate it and you can uh, work out the kinks. Scale gradually. Don't don't go all in after you test the process. Go little by little until you feel comfortable that you can scale. Uh, leverage technology. Many tools out there today. So uh, do yourself a favor and, and and find out what are the best tools for your process. Um, and also define a process for refining the right talent, right? Content creation is still an art and you need to, to, to find the right talent to help you scale your content creation process. Um, use content platforms, right? There is um, 
course, uh, Outwork and Fiverr, but platforms like Crowd Container or some of our other competitors, you can find in great, great talent. Um, and it's much easier than trying to do everything in-house and, and leverage subject matter experts to uh, be able to create uh, content that is authoritative and has expertise in this field. So I'm Carlos Mesa, CEO of Crowd Content. Um, I um, publish a lot of content around content creation and SEO on my social. So feel free to follow me on LinkedIn and Twitter. Uh, I also have a couple of resources here. So um, of course, besides the great uh, content briefs that you can create, uh, get out clear, clear scope, you have, you can also use um, our template to complement those. They have a, a set of, of instructions that you can uh, think about to create your content. And we also have a content quality checklist that you can use when you're uh, creating your content. So feel free, those are free to download. Um, so yeah, that's it for me, Travis. So we'd love to take some some questions off the floor. Awesome, perfect. Yeah, we have a couple of questions and we'll include those links in the, the recap email tomorrow as well. Um, so thanks for that, Carlos. And then to kind of kick it off, um, jumping back to the SMEs section is, where exactly do you find SMEs if they are not at your company? And then what are some tips for kind of brokering partnerships with those SMEs, specifically the ones that aren't writing, you're just kind of wanting them included in the byline somewhere? Yeah, the million dollar question. Um, so there is a few places where we go. Uh, LinkedIn um, has been working really good for us when they're not in our network, right? We already have an extensive network, but um, LinkedIn has been great for us. Also, depending on how specific the, the topic is, we go to uh, in like associations. So there are many industry. Every industry has some kind of association where you can go through where all these um, experts in that particular topic they all kind of re uh, convene around the, those are associations. Uh, those are the two places where we go the most. How to um, to get them interested in the process? It depends on each of them. To be honest, of course, um, they want to be paid for their time. Um, but if you make it easier for them, interesting for them, like, you know, part of that is if they're interested in creating a track record online, this will help them, you know, uh, the, the more that their name is out there, um, as an cited as an expert in your content, the more, the, the, the better known they're going to be. So you're going to, they're, they're going to create their own personal brand awareness, um, by collaborating with you. Um, and if you just make it easier for them, right. Um, if they don't really want to write, just figure out a way. Uh, for them to collaborate with uh, with your content creators. Awesome. Yeah, that's helpful. And then how often, or do you have like a cadence where you actually revisit existing content that maybe is under poor performing? Is that going to, a period, a time period, or is it just yeah. kind of when? So we, we suggest doing it quarterly to uh, look at your inventory of content. Um, I think one of the biggest missed opportunities um, is refreshing your content. Uh, Creating new content is exciting, but think about this analogy. Creating new new content uh, for people are, are like basketball. So think about it like, like this. Creating new content is like the three-pointers, right? They're really uh, high reward, but high risk. Your chances of, of um, making a three-pointer are less than when you're shooting under the hook. Refreshing content is like shooting under the hook, right? Maybe it more at less incremental impact, but lower risk because you already created the content. If you refresh it, you only have to invest a fraction of the time to, uh, to make it better. And maybe can take you from the second, um, SERP to the first, right? So 
maybe just a re by refreshing, you can move from position. Now, how many positions are in the SERP these days? It keeps changing, but let's say if you're in position uh, 10 on the second page, right? Then just by moving to nine or to by moving from fourth to third, that can be a huge impact on your on your traffic, right? So just moving one position in the SERP can have a huge impact. So always be looking at what content can you refresh. We do it, uh, we internally for our internal content, we do it quarterly um, because otherwise uh, it, it doesn't make sense to do it more, more often for us. You have tons of content. You have a very large inventory of content you already published. Maybe it's a, it's a process you want to be looking monthly, but um, do it no less than twice a year. Uh, that would be my suggestion. Awesome. Yeah, it's super helpful. And I like the analogy with basketball too. Um, and then we got this one from Anonymous, but what are some of your favorite AI use cases either for yourself or your team? Um, so I love uh, for ideas. So give me hundred ideas of this. You can give, you can ask him for a thousand. You can ask him for a hundred thousand. I mean, you know, now this is for dramatic effect, but uh, <clears throat> but yeah. So sometimes I I, I ask, okay, so we want to talk about this topic. This is my audience. Can you give me ten different title ideas that are enticing? Um, I can use it to help me write a hook. Right. Uh, however, I've realized that humans are really bit much better to 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 write in a hook because it's emotional and, th and 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 things like that and Sometimes out of the out of the AI comes pretty bland. Um, I like to use it to summarize. I take this piece and give me uh, five bullet points or ten takeaways, um, or take this piece and create an FAQ. Or I want to talk about this topic. Can you create an outline for me? Or your use cases. I have this outline. What am I missing about this topic? And it's just it's, it's, it's a good thing to kind of fill in uh, your process and some tasks that you just don't have the power to like the ideation one I think is super powerful because you, it can give you as many ideas as, as you want um so yeah those are some of the of the use cases I love mid-journey for images that you dream of you know what I mean so sometimes you're thinking of something that but you cannot quite find the image for it so if you tell you give, give it very specific instructions it might dream it up for you, which is super cool, right? Um, so you don't have to try to explain to a, to a designer, you, you, you know, or maybe you can use it to draft uh, an image and then get it to a, to a designer to uh, polish it to, to your liking. But yeah, so those are some of my favorite use cases. Um, summarization, FAQs, um, ideation. Yeah. Cool. And this might be the last question, but when I was checking out your website before today's uh, webinar, I noticed you have like this managed services offering. I'm just kind of curious exactly what that kind of covers Intel. Yeah, so our managed services offering is um, or uh, or premium product or premium service. Um, what we notice is that again, what we were talking about is very hard to scale, and people don't have neither the time or the resources. So we pretty much take all that process from the of the client's hands. They come only with direction and some ideas, and then we take everything from soups to nuts, right? So. We take those requirements, we assemble the team, uh, we create the workflow for, 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 the, for the client. So we source, we, we resource the team, we train it, we develop uh, the project brief and the content briefs alongside with the client. Um, and we manage the whole process and we do quality assurance and we can even publish on behalf of the client. Now we're also doing multi-channel multi content. So the client only tells us the topic and when we create blog post, but then we, we can create also 
um, some short, short posts for social media, and then we, we carry also a piece for the newsletter. So those are the kind of things that we're doing. And we're also bringing SMEs when needed. So we are a full stop uh, content creation shop, and the client only needs to come with some ideas and some direction, and then we, can, we take care of the rest. Now, before we wrap this up, don't forget to share, like, and subscribe so you don't miss out on more great content from the industry's best SEOs, content marketers, and content strategists. The ClearScope webinar series happens every week and helps SEO content creators of all skill levels advance their knowledge. Hope to see you tune in next time.